Let's come before our God in prayer. Oh Lord, that we might dwell in your presence all the days of our lives and behold your beauty. Lord, we just want to know and declare that you are beautiful. There's lots of things on our heart that we could ask of you. But in this moment, we just want to behold and delight in your presence. For you are our Lord. We worship you from our hearts, through our lips, to give you praise. We just want to behold your beauty. May you shine upon us. May we reflect on our countenance, your glory. Lord, what a gift it is to be known by you and to know you. And we praise you and we worship you. Got to give him all the glory. Amen. Please take a seat. Well, I'm going to say, it is so good to see you. Fantastic. Is it good to be seen? Yes, excellent. Uh, to be with you in person absolutely fills me with delight. And uh, We have had these weeks apart from one another. I have been weeping most evenings because of that. You know, as a relational pastor, that I just love being together with God's people. Something happens when God's people are together. And I've missed you. I've missed you so much that most afternoons I've just gone out into my footpath, actually, and just stood there waving, hoping that someone will go past. Just, how are you going? No, that's, that's not true. I've done it in the mornings as well. Uh, we're just, you know, to be together is just beautiful. And oh, to see our young people, got to give them the glory, uh, is just wonderful. God is good. His faithfulness endures forever. In season and out of season, we can't outdo God. God outdoes us, and we are able to come and be together. I want to say a special welcome to those who are online we understand for whatever reason you can't be here, our love for you is deep and rich. I visited some dear friends during the week and just please know that my heart is with you uh, this day and through these weeks. Uh, we are just delighted because the Holy Spirit continues to work and we are going to be able to get into uh, this series called 28 Days of Community, which started a few days ago. And so I hope that you've been able to get after it. Scott and I were talking about how we might get in and do we, do we still do 28 days of community? We've had so many breaks in community uh, lately. Do we do it? And we've decided, heck yeah, we're going to be driven by what God wants for us, right? And uh, we're going to enter into these days of community. I invite you to uh, join in. As much as we have these series, and what it does is it essentially puts a Bunsen burner under an issue and we heat it up and we, we kind of value it. And so it could be, oh, we're doing 28 days of community. That's good. You know, I'll kind of do community for a little bit and then, well, I don't have to. And that's, you know, that, that's not the case. 28, community, friends, isn't an event. Community is a lifestyle. And Christian community, the uniqueness of that is an invitation into a new way of living with others. And so we're going to just kind of go for it and we pray that it will uh, spill on and, and go on. You know, I mean, I've chosen to live in Christian community uh, right from the very inklings of my ministry calling. Many, many years ago when I started to hear the, the, 
the faint prompts of God calling me into ministry, I had to was really listening into what God was saying. And, and I'd had some very deep, authentic experiences of community in, in Christian life. And, and so I wanted to, if I was going to be called into ministry, to A, speak about it, but also live it and live it deeply so that it touched the very essence of who I was. I didn't want to just be a proclaimer of something and not be living it. You know, I think talk is cheap. We want to walk the walk uh, as we talk it. And so I said to the Lord, if you're calling me into ministry, then please uh, call me into where I can talk about community and live in community and then leave me in it. And, uh, you know, in our denomination, uh, there's movement for ministers. And yet, by God's grace, I've been able to continue in community. And what that has taught me uh, in the ebbs and flows of that uh, are deep riches, uh, deep riches which I hold very dear. And to be walking with you as a church uh, in life is an incredible blessing for me, for my family, and for so many people. And so as we talk about this, you need to understand that uh, when I went into it, I had the high ideals. Now, I still have the high ideals, but I've also had some doses of reality when it comes to being in community. And it hasn't always been plain sailing. And there have been times when I feel like I've been good at it, and there have been times when I felt like I've maybe drop the ball or, or let the team down in some way. And uh, I apologise for any ways in which, you know, I didn't let community be as Christ-like as what it possibly could have been. And yet I still hold on to it and we want to grow in it for it is God's great idea for it. And the reality is that the high moments far outweigh some of the deep struggles. But in the deep struggles, we actually then get called back to the ideals because we find that it is richer when we grow together through the very good, through the difficult, but we hold together with Christ at the very centre. So I believe in community. I deeply believe in it. And we're connected to a variety of communities. Our culture is a community. You have your community at your workplace. You have a community at your uni or your study place or whatever it is. We have different communities. You have a neighbourhood. But there is a distinctive about Christian community which we want to address here today and invite us all to come into it once more. In the scriptures, it is often known as koinonia. It's a Greek word which talks about the fellowship of the believers. And what it really shows is a common life together, a common sharing, a, a mutuality, a sharing of life, a sharing of gifting, a sharing of talent. It is a, it is a generous life of coming together. And Koinonia is a, a beautiful ideal that God gives us and it comes about when each of us make a commitment to follow Jesus and surrender our lives, we are then saved into this koinonia and we seek to work it out and to live in it. But friends, we need to understand it's only really possible when we are indeed understand that we are in only citizens of heaven and we walk lightly on this earth because community is something which we have to just give to from the resources of heaven for it to work well. And the Christian community is based on a life together that is, I'm just going to outline a few here to, for us to get an understanding. It's firstly brought about, like I said, by new life in Jesus. The reality is people come and connect with church for a variety of reasons. And, you know, they, church offers lots of benefits. And I agree with those benefits. Uh, but if you keep missing the core premise of what the church is, it's a New Testament community, those other ideas, they will not meet 
or satisfy why you're here. There's a New Testament community which comes together when the believer says, yes, I trust, I believe in Jesus Christ, I come into this new life and I bring this new life into the community together, first and foremost. Secondly, this New Testament community is built on something, deep values and the teaching of the kingdom of God. It has to for it to have its form, its structure, its robustness. It has to be gathered around something. And and this is what the scriptures unfold for us. For example, in Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6, Jesus teaches on the... Matthew's left my Bible. Oh, it's come back. Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. Jesus teaches on what is commonly called the golden rule. You might have heard of it. And he says this, So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. What this teaching is actually saying is this, this is how you need to operate in the distinctive of Christian community. Now, some people see this as a a karma type verse. You scratch my back and I'll scratch yours and that'll be all good. But it's not that at all. It is a... It is a movement up into the ways of Christ, regardless of what you might get back. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, yeah, you might wish that, but even if it doesn't, you just do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Who fulfilled the law and the prophets? Jesus. And so this is the way of Christ. And so we come and we say, I'm going to live in this way. So it's an example of how the values and teaching of the kingdom of God live themselves out. And number three, the Christian community, when it's at its richest, when it's at its stronger, is when it's based around its mission. You see, some of the communities that you have is friendship only. And you know what? We all want friends. But the richness of the Christian community is when it's on mission, when it reflects the first missionary who came to us, when God sent his son Jesus into the world. It's a mission. And we're invited into that mission. And we connect around that mission. You and I are going to have the best time together when we join together on the common mission together. And this is so important for us to remember. You see, if you come just looking for friends, but you don't get on the mission, it is going to be unsatisfying and it will fall far short. But if you join together on the common cause, cause of Christ, or with something which God is unfolding, that you join in together, my friends, that is where we find this deeper sense of God at work. Jesus showed this to us. We read it about the first calling of the disciples in Matthew chapter 4. And what, what we see here is that uh, Jesus had just been uh, tempted by uh, the evil one uh, and had beaten that temptation. But out of that then, it just is this beautiful picture of him at one with the heavenly father. He had, had just stood for him and he was walking closely with him. But all he had was goodwill. With God. He had nothing going on there. But in Matthew chapter 4, we read of how he then invites others into the story. 
invites other people into the mission. It starts like this from verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So he starts to speak out what the kingdom of God is about and even what his mission is about. And he talks people straight in. He says, speaks it out, start turning back to the Lord. That's what repentance is. It's not a word to be afraid of. It is this sense of turning back to the Lord. And he speaks it out. And from there it goes on. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. See, what we see here is that Jesus says and invites people into community, but he invites them into a mission. And he says, it doesn't say they know from them. He says, listen, he sees them, he invites them in, and he said to them, follow me and I will what? Make you fishers of men or, or people. So what he says, he says, I will take the purpose that you had and I'm going to redefine it for the kingdom of God. Friends, every single one of you has a purpose that you're living out, but God guides your steps. You can think that you, oh, I'm going to set my plans, and at the moment that's hard to do, right? So you might as well listen to God. You set your plans. Oh, this is what I'm going to do. But so often in life, when you think about it, God takes that and uses it for his glory. Jesus invites these disciples in. goes on, he says, uh, immediately they left their nets and followed him. It's like, yep, up we go. We're going to follow Jesus. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers. He invited more into community, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. I would have preferred to be the fishermen, not the mending ones, but that's okay. And he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Now, when we talk about Christian community, the highest group that we often talk about is Jesus and his disciples, the way that they walked with Jesus, the way they learnt about the way of the kingdom, how they were equipped. We think about that group working so well together. Well, here we see Jesus calling these people into community but onto the mission. Friends, read verse 23, says, And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria. Six verses ago, there was nothing happening. All that was there was Jesus at one with his heavenly Father. Six verses later, healing, afflictions being cured, proclamation of the gospel, fame spreading. And why? Because Jesus invited others into community and then they got on mission. Inviting into community and stopping at friendship is not, it's like two-thirds done. The fullness is then this mission of God unfolding. And so New Testament community is about getting on mission with each other. Number four, New Testament community shapes us personally as we know and become known. We live in a world which has an insatiable desire to know, to know as much as we possibly can, as often as we can. I mean, over the last 20 years, as the internet went boom, people's 
thirst for more knowledge has gone through the roof. Just feed me. Search it. Ask it. Find it. But I wouldn't say the same has gone for transformational living. You see, there's a very big difference between knowing about something and knowing something. And we've got a culture which wants to know about, know about this. In fact, you can actually know about God, can't you? You can know a lot about God. You can argue it, you can can read it, you can discover it. But there's a very big difference between knowing about God and knowing God. Knowing his power. Knowing his love. Knowing his assurance. Knowing his gentle touch. Knowing the way in which he shapes. There's a big difference. Knowing how he holds, there's a big difference. And friends... If you just know about, you won't be transformed. But if you know, you'll be shaped more into the image of Christ. You'll be able to give God more of his glory. And so what we need to understand is that we want to move from being people who just know about things to knowing uh, either God or each other. And I think it's why Jesus teaches about being slow to get angry or being... You know, be careful about judging because that comes from knowing about, not knowing. I was reflecting on that uh, and I was thinking, you know what, there's probably lots of people who know about Kynan Brooks. Know he's good looking. (laughs) Know he's put on a few COVID kilos. You know about me. There's some who go, well, actually, I know Kynan. But, you know, know, he's the pastor at Hope Valley Church. Oh, we know about Hope Valley. They're this and this and that. I go, well, do you know? Do you you know my heart? Do you know who we are, what we're about? Because, you know, you can make a call, but do you really know? I was reflecting on the fact that, you know, most, for as many years as I can remember, I've been the first one down here between 6.30 and 7 a.m. And the first thing I do is I go and open up the door, unlock it, and I say a prayer. And essentially what I'm doing is I'm putting out a welcome mat every single Sunday. And that's my heart. Whatever creed, whatever colour, whatever opinion, that welcome mat is put out for people to come. I say, welcome. Oh, I, no, that's, that's me. That's how I live. Heart first. You are welcome. You are welcome to worship. I'm not making calls. Come. Yes, we all sit under the ethics of the Christian life and teaching. We all have this sense of what it means to follow Jesus. And we all come under the cross. But the welcome mat is my heart and it's always there. Come. Come. And so we need to move from just knowing about to knowing who we are. And so what we have is this 28 days of community, an invitation into the genius and the beauty of Christian community based around Jesus and new life in him. Well, how do we approach this? What do we need to do? What's it really look like? I love the scripture that 
Paul writes the church at Thessalonica. And what we understand about Paul is that he held to the ideals of community. Well, yeah, and he walked some pain. He was misunderstood. He was shipwrecked, whipped, thrown in jail, and yet he believed that there was a new community under Christ. And so he wrote letters. He wrote to some individuals, but the most of them were written to communities. How to live this life together. And we read about his uh, approach in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And I'm going to give you a moment if you want to get your Bible out. You can look at it on your phone. If you've got a paper Bible, old school, if you've got a stone tablet, pull it out of your bag. Uh, If you've got a modern tablet, use that one. And have a look here from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Please open up the scriptures so that you can see it yourself. So Paul, writing to this community, comes. And what we see firstly about Paul is that the message and the messenger are aligned. He doesn't have cheap talk. The walk and the talk are aligned. We'll start at verse uh, 4. But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, so we speak not to please man, but to please God who tests our heart. Right there, we have someone who is writing, not as someone who knows about God, but as someone who knows God. Test my heart. And he says this, for we never came with words of flattery. That is, he isn't coming just to stroke, just to you know, make people just feel good and build them up. No, he comes authentically. He comes in a very real way. And he comes with who he is. And as you know, nor with a pretext for greed. What is that? Not to get something. Not, I'll I'll be in community with you because that will get something for me. Not with greed. God is my witness on that, he says. I really want to make it sure that you know that I'm not interacting with you because I want something from you which is going to fuel my own whatever it is that might be thinking. No, it is for the glory of God and for them. It says, nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ. He says, this is for the glory of God only. He says, I'm not doing it because of my position. For me to me, good. As an, I'm an apostle. Oh, you know, this builds me up as an apostle. no not from that demand. And here we see this beautiful approach into community that Paul writes on, verse 7. But we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. Friends, you do not get a more nurturing image than that. You do not get a more warm image than that. A nursing mother taking care of her own children. We were gentle among you. It's beautiful. And it shows ultimate trust in the transformational power and love of God. God will do the work. We will be gentle among you. And so he goes on. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but listen to this, but also our own selves because you had become very dear to us. 
couple of thoughts on this. The gospel, Jesus Christ and his work is embodied in God's people. If you just proclaim truth and you don't live in a gracious, warm way, you're missing the heart of God. If your heart somehow isn't expanding with the love of God and connecting with the truth of the gospel and living its way out in Christian community and choosing to go above in that way regardless of how it comes back, then you're saying, I don't trust God to do this work. And yet God says, I will expand you so that you can live in this way because you have become very dear to us. I reckon it would have been very, very easy for Paul, with his intelligence, just to argue his way out and just put it all out there and say, well, you'll just deal with it. But no, he presents the message and himself fully aligned into the Christian community so they can see what it looks like. Paul says, I'll be an imitator of this, so you can see this gospel life being lived out. We are always observing each other, how this is coming out, and we can be known, we can know and be known. This is the approach into Christian community that we are to take, and it is a beautiful approach which I believe strengthens and builds us as we work on mission. It is saying, share something of yourself. Oh, but I have been hurt. Yeah, we all have. Oh, I'm never going down that track again. Well, it's, it's not that track, it's, it's a way of Christ. And maybe it's time to pray for healing and move forward again and share something. Because life is richer and deeper in that way. And in the New Testament community, we get shaped. We become more like Christ as we are share of ourselves. We are never designed to do it alone. So, what do you need to do? Well, some of you know the power of New Testament community. You've been living in it for years. And if you're engaged, I'd say stay engaged. Keep experiencing uh, the beauty of it. It could be that uh, you've drifted a little bit. I'd say re-engage. Come back and kind of get back on it. It could be that uh, you say, well, I've never engaged. I've only ever observed. It's always been about that. I'd say, well, I'd say move past the about that and get into the knowing part and trust it and, and get on the journey. You might want to sign up to a group or serve in a ministry, but start getting on the knowing. As we bring this to a conclusion, the big question that people really ask is, uh, what? there's got to be some real rules of engagement, kind of. It sounds a bit too good to be true that this can actually happen. What are, what are the unwritten rules of community? And uh, you know, maybe should we should write them up. Well, we're not going to do that. But there are rules of engagement and... Here's a few of them. What are the rules of engagement in the New Testament community? Well, the big idea and the hope and promise is that there will be a touch of relational heaven meeting earth. And you need to understand that if you come looking for a best friend, you will miss that. 
If you come to church just looking for friends, you will miss it. Your search for a best friend is only ever going to be found in Jesus Christ. That will be the only thing that will satisfy that. You, you, you have lots of friends, but your best friend is found in Jesus Christ. Hold the ideal of Christian community high. This is one of the rules of engagement. But be realistic in your expectations of fallen humanity. Okay? No one's going to be able to satisfy all that you need for the connections for you to feel right and good about it. But hold true to this beautiful, powerful picture of a Christian community. Secondly, you yourself rise as far as you can to the way of Christ without expectation back. I'll enter, I'll offer something. Number three, what freedom is found in healthy personal accountability. And so in a group, there is this sense of growing together, of sharpening, of someone gets some different ideas from you, okay? And as you grow, there is a freedom and there's some healthy accountability. But the rules of engagement is never subject yourself to manipulative behaviours. Say, no, no, let's play a straight bat. Here it is. Rules of engagement, how's this one? Grace is first and grace is last. And in the middle of that sandwich is humility. And come to Christian community. I'm going to be gracious first. I'm going to take a position of humility. I'm going to find out and share a little bit. And then grace finishes it off. Rules of engagement, number five. Self-reveal to your level of just beyond comfortability. This requires a step of faith. See, what can happen is that I'm so nervous about sharing something which is kind of really personal or vulnerable that I stop so far short that genuine community never gets there. There's never a prayer need which gets met. There's never a a, a sharing which goes somewhere. And so I'd say share beyond the point of just comfortability. And then number six, work on towards being on mission together. We are, after all, simply missionaries in a foreign land. And so, friends, can I invite you into the joy and the purpose and the beauty and the wonder of Christian community? May you know Christ. May you know each other. May you be known. And may you join in this great mission with us all as we pursue the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks. We see in you the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, a picture of harmonious community, so full of love that there is an overflow into this world that we are invited into. Lord, we we ask that you would, by your Spirit, Bless this season as we reconnect with the grand, beautiful picture of life in you and life together. We thank you that you always welcome us in, not to simply know about you, but to know you. And we, your people, reflect the same. Lord, I pray for any heart here right now 
which is nervous. It might be hurt or damaged in some way. It might have been that it was something the church did or from a person that they knew and you're really nervous about revealing a little bit again of your heart. Jesus, I pray right now, before any revealing is done, that your healing would take place. And that you would come in as the best friend who says, I am here, I am constant, I am present, my power is with you. Come and heal God. Lord, as we take these journey, this journey forward to sharing more of who we are in light of who you are, I pray that it would be an anointed time deep riches. We thank you, our God, that you allow us to connect in so many ways. And you have a, a universal grace which allows us to be a part of communities. But we thank you for the, the specific life together in Jesus and the riches that it brings. Pray that you guard and protect our church as a Christian community. And Lord, as we are invited into you and into life with one another, may it spill forth just as it did for Jesus, proclaiming and healing into our community far and beyond. Lord, be glorified. We worship you. And all of God's people said, Amen. We've chosen the song to finish off with today, an incredible song of the heart of God for us and, and where we're at. And I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of back really for the year and as much as we've been watching online and uh, bless all those who are online still and just please feel my heart on this. There is nothing like saying, Lord, I surrender once more. The first step that I really want to take is take this fragile, fleshy heart and hold it gently and fill me with your spirit and set me on a path with you and with others that I might live for your glory. Jesus has come and done it all and we live in the victory of that. So let us stand and let the Holy Spirit wash over us this morning and fill us afresh with a love that captures us every moment. Let's stand together. Thank you.